What's going on, guys? So glad you're tuning in to No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. I'm your host, Ted Fitton, and if you're joining us for the first time, first and foremost, thank you uh, for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Uh, just to give you guys a rundown on what we talk about here with No Rain, No Rainbows. Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. And what we tackle here is the trials and tribulations, the hard times that we all go through in life, and we have to go through those hard times to reach those ambitious goals that we set for ourselves and even some of those goals that we set for others. And what I like to do with this podcast is talk to some people that I respect and, and I see as mentors and I see as as motivators and inspirers out there. And I just think their story can resonate and help anybody that's going through some dark times in their lives, anyone that's going through a storm cloud. Hopefully the stories that you listen to on this podcast can help you through that and get to your sunshine and your rainbows. And uh, your rainbows. Uh, joining us today, Charles Russ, uh, serial entrepreneur, owner of R-Axis Financials, personal advisor, owner of Catalyst Gym, uh, co-owner of Catalyst Gym, and many other ventures. Charles, man, how you doing? Doing good, Teddy. Doing good. Hey, I'm glad to get out here with you today, man. First, hey, first time on new equipment looks great, brother. I appreciate it, and, and we worked really hard to to get this new equipment. Shout out to to Matt Snipes who uh, let us use his equipment for a while and uh, finally got independent. Matt, sorry I was bugging you for so long, but now we're now I'm a grown man. Uh, but Charles, let's talk about you. Anybody that fo- follows me on social media probably sees you a lot, tagged a lot. We spend a lot of time together. Since I came to Greenville, you kind of took me under your wing and you've been like a big brother, mentor, and a business advisor for me for quite some time. And I know a lot about you, but there's a lot of folks listening who might not know the backstory of Charles. So quick five five minute resume on, on who you are and what you do right now. Okay. Well, uh, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. We moved here when I was around six. Um was raised here, so I guess you could say I'm really from Greenville, South Carolina, actually from Taylor's. Uh, then I went off to college, went to West Point, stayed there four years. Um, then once you finish up at the military academy, you have to do a military commitment. So I actually did seven years active, active duty, a couple deployments, um, and all my active duty time was over in Germany. So mm-hmm. when I got out, I decided to stay there, stayed about another five years, and then I felt like it was time to come home. So I came home. Uh, been back about five years since then, uh, right now, and I'm, I'm running my own. Once I got out of the military, I opened R-Axis Financial Planning and Investments. It's my own, uh, financial advisory firm, uh, dealing with one-on-one with people or small businesses, 401ks, and also doing financial consulting. Um, and then recently last year, I opened up, uh, Catalyst Gym. Um, you know, I've always been into fitness. It's kind of my, my, my passion on the side. So it allows me to, to give, give people a place where they can, they can come and feel comfortable when they're working out and also a place where we have some great trainers, great people working there, a place to network, you know, a place where you, it's not just uh, you go there. So um, it's not just a place to work out. You almost really call it home. Yeah. Now, there, there's a lot of uh, things in that story I'd like to dissect. But uh, first and foremost, thank you for your service, man. Uh, probably don't tell you that enough. Appreciate it. And um, just back going back to being from South Carolina, Indianapolis, talk about growing up in grade school, high school. What are some of the challenges you remember in your adolescence? Because I think adolescence is it's a tough time for a lot of us. I think a lot of us, if we look back towards high school, there's few kids who were, you know, the the it, the it factor, the the popular ones. But then there were others who might have struggled either through social anxiety or finding their fit. You know, because you're growing and you're finding out who you are. What were your high school days like? What kind of, What kind of challenges do you remember from that? 
Well, starting out in high school was a little challenging. Uh, I was a smaller guy, had big, thick glasses, um, and I was kind of a nerd, I guess you would say. Like, I, I you know, I made good grades. I, I was in honors classes. And weirdly enough, as I'm sure everybody's heard a story similar to that, people kind of look, look, looked at you differently for that. They're like, oh, why is he always worried about his work? Why is he doing his homework? little nerdy guy but luckily i i was an athlete i did play sports i wrestled you know all four years of high school played soccer and so that that kind of got me a buy whereas other kids in my situation may not have gotten that buy i got to be cool if you don't have another term for it uh even though i was kind of a nerdy kid and i what? grew up i grew up rather quickly though in high school after my uh freshman year transitioned to contacts and grew a couple inches and all of a sudden I wasn't a little nerdy guy anymore. Where did your your focus on your work come from? Where did that drive and and that I guess that care come from? At that point, honestly, um, I didn't know. I knew I wanted to to be everyone's image of success, and like I said, everyone else's image of success. Uh, to me, that image was always portrayed to me as good grades, uh, being a good athlete, um, and the way that I I found that that worked for me was to work at it. I mean, to, to do my homework, to put in extra time when it came to my athletics. Uh, that's where I found success. That's, that's where I found that definition of success. That's what drove that home to me. And I guess there was a level of, and still to this day, uh, a level of not wanting to disappoint others. So do you think, cause I mean, in high school, I think we are all about where our social status is. Do you think you cared what other people think? And and does that kind of translate into today still? I've never really cared that much <laughs> about what other people thought about what I was doing. I literally, I can honestly say that I thought about, was it what I wanted to do? And was it right? Mm-hmm. I can say that's always been one of my, one of my strengths. I don't care from the way I dress. Uh, you know, and there's always some influence. There's there's cultural influences, the music we listen to, uh, what's going on TV. But once I decide what I want to do, and this is what I like, this is the way I want to look, these are the people that I want to hang out with, you know, from from the friends I selected in high school, you know, yeah, I wanted to be a popular kid, but I would say I always had a friend or a couple friends who who may not have been the ones that were thought of as, oh, he's massively popular. But I didn't. That never mattered to me because I saw who they were. I saw how we interacted, um, things like that, you know. And I think that that's all that's carried over into who I am today. Mm-hmm. And that I still. I mean, you see me out. Uh, you know, uh, some people would call it slightly flamboyant, but it's, it's just who I am. If I see something, I like it. Well, there there's an air of confidence around you, right? And and a lot of people can mistake confidence and arrogance. Uh, call it what they want. Let's fast forward into college now. Why West Point? And I do want to address the confidence thing in a little bit, but why West Point? The honest, the honest story of West Point? Yeah. Uh, because my grandmother told me I was going. Um, I didn't do the regular process. Uh, some people, I tell people that story and they, they look at me kind of, kind of weirdly, but uh, it's a fact. Uh, senior year, um, I didn't really know what I was doing at all. Uh, nobody in my family had gotten scholarships college. I just kind of assumed, now oh, I got these good grades. I'm doing honors this. I'm doing all honors that. Uh, I'm an athlete. I'm state champ. Somebody's going to call me. Mm-hmm. I never got that call until about April of my senior year. 
and a coach from West Point called. He's like, hey, uh, you know, from the un- military academy, we can get you in if you want to come. And I'm like, well, wait, the military academy? What's that? Is that like the army? He's like, well, after you go, you have to commit. And I said, no, thank you. Got off the phone very quickly. He called back and spoke with my grandmother. And she said, you're going. And the process started. Can't tell um, grandma no. No, can't tell her no. And, uh, you know, they, as a family, they, they wanted what was best for me. Um, and I can honestly say that 100% was what was best for me. I don't think at that point in my life I would have done well at regular college. Um, I was a little bit too too social at that point. I'll say that. Uh, I was into partying. I wanted to have a good time. Um, that would not have correlated well with me being having full freedom at that point in my life. Uh, so going to West Point was definitely the structure that someone like I needed uh, to move forward and get to where I am now. Yeah. So from then until now, what what was the biggest challenge Charles Russ had to face? Like what, when you stop and you see where you are, what do you look back and you're like, I overcame that so I can take whatever else comes forward. If you want me to be honest with you, um, I've been pretty blessed my whole life as far as struggles, strife, things like that. Uh, one of my biggest pains, which has also been a blessing is I would even say until recently is like living up to the expectations of others. Mm-hmm. You know, there was all this, there was, it's always pressure. It's always pressure. It's always, this is what they expect. This is who they expect you to be. This is who they want to see. So you need to give them a glimpse of that person all the time. And yeah, I still do my own thing, but in the back of your head, there's always that little inkling of you can't let this person down or, or what if this person needs this from you or what if this, you need to be able to, to handle that. Um, so honestly, that's, that was, uh, that's kind of been my, my mantra. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, don't let anybody down. Represent your family well. Um, I was going to ask, where does that pressure come from? Is, is that kind of an intrinsic pressure that you put on yourself, or do you feel it from, from somebody else around you? Well, one, one great thing like about what we've all been doing recently with uh, self-growth and, and being introspective and looking, when I went on my search for my motivation, like what is it? Oddly enough, it's the same thing. That is my motivation. The reason I do that, uh, you know, it's it's my little story. And that's my reason. That's my daily reason for doing what I do, for never wanting to let people down. Um, and it's not a pressure to me. It's a motivation. And, and the reason I don't want to let them down is because I see what they did for me. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. So once you've seen that... Um, you can build an internal source of motivation because it's always there. Yeah. It's not that little, it's not a hype speech five minutes before a game, which might not even get you through the first quarter. It's, it's there. It's day in, day out. And once you learn to tap into that, it's, it's an ultimate, it's an ultimate source. Um, if I had to give you my, my dark moment, I would say, so I was in Germany for nine years, had a very long, long relationship, great relationship uh, with a young lady. And when it came time for me to come back, she couldn't, she couldn't make the move. I mean, she had her own business. She, you know, her family had some things going on and she couldn't make the move. So unfortunately for us, um, you know, I I came back here uh, and I started dating my high school girlfriend and, you know, and everything, I thought everything was going great. Um, she had breast cancer. She had had breast cancer before and she went into 
when we start talking, and they said she was in full remission. And, you know, I talked, went to the doctor and everything seemed great. And then all of a sudden it came back and she went downhill very fast and she passed away. So, and, and everyone, everyone I'm sure has had people pass away in their life. Uh, but that threw me into a pretty dark period. Uh, as a, I'm a religious guy, I was actually can say out loud that I was like angry with God. Like I was angry. It's like, why would you take me out of a eight year relationship, bring me here, put me in this relationship just to do this? It's like I wanted an answer. I wanted a why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a little heavy on my little on my partying. You know, I really wasn't. I wasn't being myself. Um, and one day, I just I, I shook out of it. I figured out the why, and uh, it's been pretty good sailing ever since. What was that switch for you? What was that shake out of it? You know, was it something that happened? Was it kind of just looking in the mirror or did you kind of just make that decision? And if you just made that decision one day, what was that, that catalyst pun intended? <laughs> Honestly, man, it was a look in the mirror. It was uh Monday, mm-hmm. woke up late, didn't work that morning. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, man, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Yeah um started started making you know being more consistent with my goings on at church and and you know and just in listening and reading you start to figure out like it's not always about just you like i looked at that period uh, of my life and the things that i was doing weren't for me they were for her and her family because they needed me to do to do things at that time even if it was just help them move some furniture or or help her out so she could have time with her kids or whatever it was just, it wasn't for me. So that wasn't what, that that shouldn't have been my thought process mm-hmm. when it was over. And once I, I got past that and I started learning that and actually kind of, I kind of got to write that story up uh, for the Cancer Survivors Park. Never been, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's one of the stories in the Cancer Survivors Park. Um, yeah, so once you realize, I realized like there's other reasons for doing things other than just you and what you want in that moment and what you think should happen. There's other reasons things happen. Um, you got to be a vessel, man, and yeah. allow yourself to be used. So we're a little bit more than halfway through the podcast right now. I think we've gotten enough of the storm, right? Enough of the rain. Let's talk about the rainbows. Coming out of that, moving forward, what are some of the lessons other than, you know, it's it's more than just you. What are some of the lessons and some of the, the principles you're taking right now that have kind of helped you reach the current success that you're experiencing? And and you said it exactly right. Current success that I'm reaching because one thing is I'm still growing, man. I'm not mm-hmm. there by any means. Um, I'm still learning, still figuring it out. Uh, but one thing I will say is is motivation. Um, and by, def- by definition, motivation is kind of fleeting. It's this little little thing um, that happens for for a moment. But when you find what we'll just call extended motivation, when you find a reason to do it every day and and you can channel that, um, that is essential for success because it will drive you to all the other things you need to do. Habits. You hear people talk about habits. I'm (laughs) instituting new habits weekly, weekly something doesn't work i get rid of it and let's try something else mm-hmm. habits that ultimately will reach a goal um so just finding those new habits uh really making goals for myself and and all goals are not financial but really making goals for for the person that i want to be 
the person that I'm striving to be, the person that I think I should be, um, designing goal, making my goals all going towards being that person and then designing habits that are going to help me reach those goals. Now, helping this be a little bit applicable to our listeners, anybody that's kind of listening in the car, maybe they're cleaning their house right now. Um, how can they take those habits, prolong their motivation? How can they kind of get into the into the groove of improving themselves and eventually reaching out and accomplishing their goals, whatever they might be? The funny part is when I talk to people, because um, I do a little coaching and mentoring, the funny, the funniest thing is most people don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. They think they do. Well, I want to be rich. Okay, what's that mean? What, like, what does it mean? Is it a number? Is it a family goal? What is rich? What is rich to you? What does that really mean? Because maybe, you know, because if it's just monetary, you're never going to have enough. That never ends. You never get to a place where you're happy. Um, but if you can define what you want out of life, what will make you happy? And it may be several things. It may be, you know, uh, uh, four or five things that you really want to push to. So defining those is the first thing. And then when you start to look for your motivation, finding something that's internal. Extern- external motivation is great. You know, I can, I love like, I love E.T. Mm-hmm. Love E.T. Man, he will get, man, he will get you going. <laughs> Quick. Going. But how long does that last? Not long. So when you find your source of motivation that you can tap into repeatedly, day after day, time after time, when you're down, when you're slow, when you can't move, when you find that thing that you can tap into, and it's there, we all have one, and it's not the same for everybody, but we all have one. So when you find it, build your habits, build, also build habits that, that take you back to it. Like what do I do that, that reminds me of my motivation that's always there? And then hopefully that motivation will be what will be something that will give you the push to do all those things that you want to do during the day. So, ah, I need to, to I need to, to send 20 emails if that's a habit. I don't want to do it. Find something that's going to bring you back to that moment of motivation and drive you to do it. All right. So let's start wrapping it up a little bit and, and kind of just address the, the future goals. What's next for for Charles Russ? Uh, how many more businesses are we going to be opening up in this year? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, we have a little project we're working on, so yeah. hopefully hopefully that'll come to fruition soon. Um, I really just want to expand, uh, expand my walk in the financial realm as far as being able to help others even in different ways. You know, uh, the financial world's always been like the goal of – it's always been the realm of the – realm of the rich, uh, real estate, all that stuff. Got to have money to make money. Mm-hmm. So, so how can we expand and help those with a little bit of money? do the things that people with a lot of money are doing, um, be it pooling money, be it putting investment opportunities together for, for the average person, you know, who, who is just as hardworking as the 1%. So if we can start to, if I can start to do that in different ways, and there's so many ways to do it. So I don't really know if I'll be stepping, uh, outside the financial realm. It's also hopefully some potential to expand, expand catalyst and offer more services there, make it a larger facility. Uh, we're looking into that. So just growing what I have and uh, spend a lot of time with uh, my boys right now. They're in that, that high, them high school years, man. So mm-hmm. just making sure they stay on track. And uh, that's, 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 that's about it, man. I can't give away too much, man. I got to figure it out. Okay. 
And, and last question, I guess, would be what would you define as your rainbow? What What is it you're you're pushing through the storm for? Man, and that's uh, that's my five and twenty story, man. You know, <laughs> it's all about um, you know, it's all about uh, I lived with my grandparents, and the look, the look that I get, people say, "Oh man," they look at it like it was something bad or negative. No, man, that was a blessing. But I do feel like, and I will forever be indebted to them for what they've done for me, mm-hmm. and I could never embarrass that or shame that. Or not live up to the expectation of that. Because I've seen what they did with so little. So how could I not do more with so much? All right. Love it, man. Charles, always a pleasure. Anybody listening that made it to the end, thank you so much for your time. The main takeaway I get from Charles' story, maybe you got it too, was you got to live life for others, not just yourself. And It's not about caring what others think. It's about putting the responsibility on yourself to be the best version you can be because you have to kind of be that beacon of light for the others around you. Don't let the people around you down. So again, just be relentless on your self-discipline and continue to grow and reach out for your goals. Love Charles's story. And again, pushing through that rain to get to your sunshine. Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow.